After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Devils Wednesday. This is the State of the Fan Address episode 84 titled Devils Prospects Looking Good. I'm your host Sam Wu here with Pucks and Pitchforks Editor-in-Chief Nick Villano. He was on time. I wasn't on time. Sorry for the tardiness. Welcome. We're all streaming live on Facebook Live. YouTube Live. Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, on the Primetime Radio Network. Nick, before we begin, and I know we got a busy show because we got Josh Bell coming up very soon, but I got to give a shout-out to Lisa Roth. Do you know who Lisa Roth is? My name rings a bell. Well, she's a big Devils fan that my mother-in-law ran into out in Pennsylvania somewhere. Asked her about, why are you a Devils fan? It's like, I've been a Devils fan my whole life, she said. And um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And then my mother-in-law asked, well, you know, I think she said, like, well, what podcast do you listen to? The Let's Go Devils podcast. Saying that we have great guests. Well, shout out to Lisa. Thank you for being a fan on the State of the Fan Address. I had to get that shout out there. Sorry, we didn't have a, exactly any time to talk because I was late to the show. But um, but yeah, I, I just I, I just wanted to give you that feedback. She loves she I, loves the show. She loves the guests. She'll like Josh Bell. Yeah, she'll love Josh Bell. Josh Bell was great. Josh Bell is a returning guest, so I guess now after tonight, he will be what we call a friend of the Let's Get yeah. Podcast. 
I we know, love I'm having excited. friends here. Yep, he gets to be up there with esteemed names like Doc Emmerich, Bryce Salvador, Corey <laughs> Massasak, Dan Rice, the friends of the Let's Go Devils <laughs> podcast. Sam, uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight, and we have Josh on early, so we're going to have to take some of our banter time and put it to the other side of the um, okay, the other side of the interview. But I do want to address the elephant in the room. Okay. The elephant in the room is that I don't have a beard. I'm very, oh. very clean-ish shaven right now. And it's kind of freaking me out seeing me on camera now because I've never seen myself this clean shaven on camera. It's very it's still a little stubbly, but you can't tell. Like the camera the camera adds ten pounds and takes off two pounds of hair. So wow. you know, you can only yeah, look at that. Look at that. That's that's just not that's not the Nick Villano look that everybody's used to. So we got a new trimmer today. Well, not today. We got a new trimmer during quarantine because I thought I was going to cut my own hair. I clearly have not done that because the flow is still going on. But mm-hmm. uh, so I was like, well, let me. I was like, oh, this thing's pretty cool. You can adjust it right on the thing without the attachments. So let me just, you know, my my mustache is getting a little, you know, is getting a little comfortable. So let me I was like, let me just trim this a little bit and see what it looks like. And and uh, it was quite close, as you can see. The mustache is quite close. Wow. And. And I still had the beard with the mustache without it. So there are times where Sam is a man who who has grown facial hair in his past. You know that sometimes when you make a mistake, you just have to start all over and, and yep. just get the blank canvas. And, you know, I got the blank canvas going on right now. Actually, I have to also adjust my camera. I'm a little, a little short here. You can just get a little down there. Okay, that's better. There you go. On the I, fly today, we- Sam. We're on the fly. Well, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you talk about the elephant in the room, something about the retro jerseys at 3.02 a.m. People said it was sold out. <laughs> I saw that. And like, <laughs> and, and, uh, and this is what I'll say about the retro jerseys. I really liked the retro jersey sweatshirt, but I will never pay $120 for a hoodie. What are you thinking, NHL? $120, I understand that they're hurting for money right now, and we'll get into Gary Bettman's comments uh, after the interview because I really do want to get into that with you before we do the game tonight. But my goodness, $120 for a sweatshirt? A sweatshirt? You know what? That just goes to a seg. We are going to do a giveaway of that sweatshirt. Once I, get a whole, uh, once I pay the $120, to, to to the NHL fanatics, I don't know who makes money off of this. Adidas, I don't know. We will Adidas give Adidas. away a sweatshirt. We will give away one of those retro sweatshirts. One hundred and twenty dollars for for a sweatshirt, Sam. Sam, I know it's cold. You know, you know what it was today. <laughs> it was colder in Lakeland, Florida today than it was in freaking Alaska, parts of Alaska. Wow, what's going on? It's cold in Florida. $120 sweatshirts, green devil's jerseys. I, I don't like it, Sam. I don't like any of this. It's it's stressful, and and I just need hockey back so I could talk about hockey and what the devil is doing on the ice instead of talking about sweatshirts and negotiations and and prospects every so often. I mean, we, we've this is a run, Sam, that we've been on with all these prospect people, and they're they're great. I love them all. Talk, you know, it, it's getting us to. It's getting a lot of our fans to see those those really smart people out there who 
know their stuff about prospects. There's so many really good people out there, and you got to get them while you can get them now, Sam, because they're getting picked up by teams. There was a guy who I was who was going to look into trying to get, and then he got signed by the Hurricanes. Now I can't get him. So, Ugh. you know, we got to get them while we can get them. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, during this pandemic, some people are fortunate enough to be like, I got a job. I got this, you know, uh, because they're in high demand. Prospect people are in high demand, I tell you. You know, and Maybe I'll uh, it's more. hard. Maybe I'll be a prospect person. Hey, Devils, yeah. come at me. I'll be your prospect guy. Hey, Devils, uh, come at me. I'll, I'll sell some sweatshirts for $120. There you go. You you know what? That's probably I'd probably be better than that. I'd probably be much better at selling $120 sweatshirts and pumping up I, these $120 sweatshirts we, than I would be I, at. I, I, I am gonna go get one of those sweatshirts and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I should really get Josh Bell on because I'm I'm dying to talk about prospects. So talk to Facebook Live, ask Facebook Live, Twitter Periscope, YouTube Live, Twitch. Will Sam Wu stop being a cheap ass and go out and buy that $120 retro sweatshirt just to give away for the holidays? We need to end 2020 on a high note, all right? So if you guys say yes, I'll do it. My credit card is just going to be like, what? But I'll do it just because we love you, the fan, and we'll figure a way at some contest for you to win a $120 sweatshirt. Anyway. I'll get I'll go get our guests. I'll go get our guests. Uh, I'll talk to Facebook Live. It's it's not being cheap, it's proving a point. Ray Leo, there you go. Mike Rossi says he would buy the sweatshirt if it was signed by the 2020-2021 Devils. I don't know if it is this before the season or after the season? We got to see what this Devils team is going to be after the season. I, st- I guess you still get the Nico and the Jack Hughes signature, and those are those are worth it in themselves. Um, don't worry, Nick. I fully shaved too, Mike. You, you shaved. It, shaving is it's weird. I feel weird. I feel naked, but I'm wearing. You know, it's like like I the, the two things that make me feel naked are not wearing my wedding ring and not having a beard, and. It was funny. I was talking to somebody at my job uh, last week who also shaved. And he was like, oh, I love it. And he was like, I get to wear the mask without the beard. It's it's much more comfortable. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to – it's just not right. It's not right. I, I got to have the beard. So now I'm going to, like, squeeze real hard, try to push it out a little bit. But on camera, it just looks – I look very, very odd tonight. So anyway – that might be throwing me off. We need a, Mike Rossi wants to end 2020 on a high note by having Devils hockey or even hockey in general. Like I said, I want to just I want to talk about Bettman's comments today. The insanity of his comments just didn't make any sense. Um, why they're renegotiating the situation when they already negotiated it? You negotiated it during a pandemic. I don't think force majeure works here. I don't think that that's actually something that they have in their in their back pocket like they're acting like they do. I think that they're just saying this and they know that it's going to be a legal battle unlike any legal battle in sports history. So I don't think they really want to do that. I don't think they really want to do the force majeure even though it's been a rough start. So, you know, when does he make sense? 
I, I forgot what the see. There's the delay. That's the problem with the delay on the Facebook comments. Ray, I don't know what you were referencing when you asked me what when when does he when he when does he make sense? I don't know. Oh, Gary Bettman. You're probably talking about Bettman. We're talking. He doesn't make sense. Bettman doesn't make sense. He and if he's really looking to be like in the Guinness Book of World Records or something better, he can do than do it for the most lockouts in history. It's this is idiotic. There's the fans are hanging on by a thread. Some of these fans are hanging on by a thread. The diehards, the ones that are with us every week, the ones that are, are listening to Devils podcasts from the Ranger fans, the ones that are just trying to consume every single second of hockey that they possibly can. Sure, they'll still be there. Wonderful. But um But you there's a lot of these fair weather fans that you're going to lose for good, especially after a nice lightning win. Like people are excited about the stars. So it's, it's very, it is a difficult situation. I understand it, but you knew, you knew that there was going to be a second wave. Don't act like you didn't know there wasn't going to be a second wave. Everybody. Dr. Anthony Fauci, every expert in the world was saying there's going to be a second wave. That's how the Spanish flu worked. That's how pandemics almost always work when you don't get the vaccine out before the second wave can come. And the second wave is here, and now you're acting like this is a surprise. It's not a surprise. This is exactly what a lot of the experts were saying was going to happen. And for you to not consider that and sign a, what was it, a four-year deal with the league? It's, it's insanity, it's stupid, and to sit here and have a bunch of millionaires and billionaires act like they didn't see this coming is insane. It was always, it was always going to be, let's make this agreement now, and we'll rene- renegotiate later when we seem fit, and, and to better help us. And the only reason why they would ever bring up more escrow after the players agreed to a 20% escrow this season. Think about that. Taylor Hall is making $8 million a year. He's only really guaranteed to make about six and two-thirds. Beyond that, he has to pay taxes. He has to pay agent fees. He has to pay for all the things in his house. So, really, Taylor Hall, after this 20% escrow, and after they're probably going to lose that escrow because they're not going to make the $81.5 million to cover those salary caps. So he's going to take home probably 3 million, 4 million if he's lucky of that $8 million contract. So that's that unfortunate. That plus if Taylor Hall goes out and buys uh, a New Jersey devil's retro um, sweatshirt or, you know, a Buffalo Sabres retro sweatshirt, he's out 120 bucks on top of that. It's another $120. It's another hundred twenty dollars, and they're probably not giving them to for free. You know, they're not they they have yeah. to pay for them them Johns in this pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, he's on Skype uh, right now on the on the Skype phone. He's the director of content of FC Hockey. You can find him uh, on Twitter at Joshua Bell thirty one. It has changed since the last time. But what else has changed is his status. He's a big friend of the podcast. Please to welcome Josh Bell. Josh, you're on with Nick and Sam. How are you tonight? 
I'm good, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good. well. We're doing well. Um, we wish that we had more actual hockey to talk about. There's only really college hockey and a little bit of overseas hockey to talk about, but you know, I guess it's better than nothing. We'll take what we can get, Josh, and, and you're the right guy to have on to talk about this because you know these guys. You know these guys up and down. You just got, I guess I want to call it a promotion since the last time we, we had you on. Um, do you want to real quick just tell everybody what you're doing now just to get everybody caught up to what Josh Bell is doing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm kind of managing all of the written content for FC Hockey. Uh, lots of posts out. Last November was the first full month, and uh, I think we got out about 40 articles. Um, and on top of that, I'm, I'm scouting. So video scouting, and in a normal year, I'd be the Eastern Canada scout in uh, OHL or Q rinks, but obviously that's uh, not happening this year. Hmm. So far. Yeah, yeah, no, that I mean, scouting is just one of the um, very strange things, one of the strange situations that we're dealing with. It's just because, you know, it's just different. And, it, and it's kind of interesting. I was always curious. Like, I've always, I've done a lot of following around teams, and, and I've worked with college hockey teams before, but um, I never looked at it as, a, as like a scout. I've always done video scouting because it was just not my job to scout. It was always in broadcasting. So now that... I've always done video scouting, but then hearing, you know, the big scouts, the guys, you know, the guys and girls who are, you know, making this a living, hearing the difference between what they have to see in an arena and what they have to see in video is just, it's kind of interesting. Um, but we'll transition into actual scouting and the Devils have a lot of players to scout right now. And especially... Um, with what's coming up and, and where these prospects are playing and what's on the line soon. Um, World Juniors is, is the big thing we've been talking about because it's only hockey that we know is happening. And the Devils have a very large impact on that, the Devils' prospects. You got Holtz going to Sweden. Uh, Pitlick just made the Czech Republic team today. Shakir Bukmadulin, he's going to play for Russia. He's probably going to be the top top uh, defenseman for Russia. Uh, so let's start there. What do you think about the impact the Devils are going to have on the World Junior Championship, and who are you specifically looking out for? Oh, it's going to be impressive for sure. Um, I think there's a few guys who are at camp who might not make it, like uh, Graham Clark uh, for Canada, Patrick Moynihan mm -hmm. for the U.S., and um, Gritsyuk. I'm going to butcher these Russian names uh, for Russia. But there's still yeah. a handful of guys really impressive and are going to be leaders on their team. So you look at Mercer in Canada, you look at uh, Holt in Sweden. It hasn't been announced yet, but kind of a given that he'll be there. And uh, like you said, Shakir, um, there they have all potential to be on the top lines and uh, make a really big impact, especially for Holt and Mercer. I could see them being in the conversation of top forward in the tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, Mercer's just... That, that Canada team is just... Stupid stacked. So wherever he ends up playing, if he ends up playing center, which I think he will, uh, he's going to have two of probably the best wings he or most skilled wings he might ever play with in his career at World Juniors. I mean, uh, you know, how are those lines? I know Canada kind of had to go on hold because of the, you know, I think there was a COVID case in there somewhere. Uh, you know, we don't have to get into that. But how do you see these lines shaking out in Canada for, for Mercer and, and you know, I, I know you don't think Clark will make it. I don't think he will, but maybe he'll be a fourth-line scorer. But 
you know, that's an out, outside chance. But anyway, for Mercer, how do you think the lines are going to shake out for him? Oh, I, I think he could be in the top line. At the very least, he's, he's top six. Um, he's one of the returning guys, right? So he's going to be a mm-hmm. leader on this team. Um, it makes it a little harder with Kirby Doc getting loaned, but I still think he'll be in the top six. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I mean that's great for him. He's been doing he's, he's played well to start the season. He's done real well since he got drafted. The Devils really got a gem when he fell to them, so I'm excited about him. Um, Pitlick's the one I'm curious about because I just don't know a lot about him. He was a third or fourth round pick. Uh, he's playing for the Czech Republic. I don't even know where Czech is slated to be. I haven't seen a lot of Czech predictions yet, just because it's a little early in the process and people are focusing on Canada, USA, Russia, and Sweden. But what you know? What are you seeing from him? Where do you see him falling out? And, and do you see the, the Czechs doing anything really in this tournament, or are they just kind of like what we used we're used to with the Slovak team? I think they'll yeah. I think they'll kind of be like a middling team. Um, but for Pitlick, he was there last year too. He uh, played five games, picked up an assist. I think he could be a, one of the leaders on the team this year. Um, I've always been a big fan of him. I know some people question his offensive upside. And while I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be a goal scorer at the next level, level by any means, uh, he's an excellent playmaker, and the drive he has is just wonderful, and his two-way game is a very high end. Uh, so I, I think he could be a, a star on that Czech team. Um, and then the obvious one is Holtz. Holtz is the... Uh... Actually, before I get to Holtz, I'm kind of curious, why Why do you think Moynihan's not going to make the US, U.S. team? Because I've seen a couple of predictions say that he's because of his versatility, he will. But I'm just curious what your opinion is, why you don't think he's going to make that team. Yeah, he could. I, I could see him in the bottom six, maybe. I have him on the edge and probably just getting pushed out. Nothing really against him. I just think there are, are better options down the middle. Yeah, I mean, USA is definitely a pretty stacked team, especially near the top. Um once you get kind of in that last line, that fourth line, it's kind of iffy. I was surprised when I saw him make it on all these prediction lists in the first place. So then I kind of bought in. You came and you brought me down there. So I appreciate you doing that for me, Josh. But um, <laughs> no. as far as Alexander Holtz, uh, I mean, he's the guy. It's, he's exciting everybody so much. Uh, Devil's seventh overall pick. He was just – we knew he was good. Right, we knew he was good coming into the draft. He's probably one of the better goal scorers naturally in the draft in general. Um, but first, I want to know: Did you see this? Like, he's been outstanding in the SHL to start. Yeah, he's been wonderful. So obviously, I'm scouting for the 2021 NHL draft. So I've been watching mm-hmm. William Eklund and his line mates, mm-hmm. um, and the two of them together they just kind of lift each other up and Holtz has been wonderful. Obviously we talk about his shot and his goal scoring ability, but he's been setting up too. He's got seven assists. Um, he's just so fun to watch. And one of my favorite players from that class. Now, uh, before I get to what you think he's going to do at world juniors, I'm very curious what you think. Cause the devils have said that they don't want to play Holtz in the NHL this year. I also don't know what the rules are with the SHL. So you, you, you just, Remind me, maybe, but is there a possibility you could see him playing in the NHL with how well he's playing so far this season? 
Um, I think I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I think with the European deal, he can't come mm-hmm. over. If he's got the okay. deal signed. Um, so I think he probably could skill wise, but I don't think we'll see him this year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably better for him if he just gets a year just dominating a league and kind of builds that confidence. So I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. So then let me uh, let me go back to to the World Juniors. Then is you said he has a chance to be you know a best player in the tournament kind of player. Uh, Sweden overall. I mean, I'm looking at this Canada team and, and it's just stacked from top to bottom. Like there's no holes here. Can can this Sweden team compete? Because I'm imagining that Sweden would have to win the tournament for Holtz to even get consideration for best in the tournament. I mean, maybe he doesn't, but. I would imagine that that would definitely help. Does Sweden have a shot to take down Canada, in your opinion? It's going to be tough. I think uh, Canada is obviously the favorite going in, but they've Sweden's got a lot of high-end players. Uh, like Even just look at the draft we just had. They've got Raymond and Holtz in there. Um, but top to yeah. bottom, they're a pretty solid team, too. Maybe not the uh, tier of Canada, but very, very close. Okay. Okay. I mean, and anything could happen. I mean, we saw that Finnish team from a couple of years ago play all the way to the end. And I think they, they ended up winning the gold, right? The Finnish team that had Talvati on it and a couple other players. Yeah. Yeah. So so we've seen some interesting things happen at World Juniors. And it's probably one – since I got into prospects a couple of years ago, it's one of the more fun things in hockey. And I'm excited for it to start. I think it starts uh, December 26th. The tournament starts. As long as all these protocols are followed, everybody does does what they need to do, and everybody gets in there healthy. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but I do want to ask you one more thing about World Juniors. There's a lot of talk about whether or not one Jack Hughes would show up on Team America list. It seems like it was coming down to the wire, and nobody really knew what was going to happen. He ended up not being on the list. Um, how do you feel about that? Were you looking forward to Jack Hughes actually going was there a reason for him to go and do you think the risk would be worth the reward i i was a little excited at the prospect of him going back but um it it doesn't really make sense for him to go if there's an nhl season which obviously they're still holding out for um mm-hmm. he's uh, in nhler now um he's already proven that he can succeed and excel against his peers there i don't think it would have done too much for his development. I think if there is NHL training camps, that will be better for him. Uh, exhibition games and kind of action against against the best in the world. Um, so as fun as it would have been to see all of these under-20 guys from all the teams, NHL teams go, uh, it's, it's the right call mm-hmm. for the devil. Uh, get so what, the what's, the difference, what's the difference between Hughes and Kirby Doc? Because Kirby Doc went. Yeah, I've been very confused why they let him go. Um, it might, maybe Doc wasn't there the full year and they're still on the bubble. I'm not sure, but uh, I think the right call, if again, if there's an NHL season, is to hang on to them and get them NHL experience. Okay, yeah. I, listen, NHL experience, and we saw last year with Hughes, he needs the NHL experience. He needs that time with those the, that speed and the size and, and just the, the differences that come with playing in the NHL. So I agree with you. A lot of people don't. I think people just want some kind of rooting interest in hockey. 
and college <laughs> hockey isn't doing it for them, but it just isn't worth it beyond even the injuries. I just don't think, I think that it could provide some bad habits for him playing against players with high skill, but I don't want to say bad mechanics, but you know, he's not going to see, it's just a different game and I don't think that'll help him. Yeah. So I do want to kind of very pivot. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I am very uh, excited to see what he brings this year, just with the extended off season. He's had so much more time to kind of work on the finer details of his game, his mechanics. And so uh, he could be a, a very different player this season. I'm really excited to see how he, uh, he comes out with the gate. Yeah, no, I think Jack Hughes is the number one player to watch in the entire league. Like when it comes to so many questions of the variables of what a season could be, I think of everybody. I think the guy to watch is Jack Hughes because he can literally he could come out and be a, a eighty point player, or he could come out and, and struggle again, like last year. It all depends on what he did during this off season, in this extended off season, in this weird off season. And for the first time, Jack Hughes isn't playing, you know, seventy, eighty, a hundred hockey games a year. So it's definitely interesting. I want to see what he comes out. Um, and then finally, you know, this is the last question I have for you. Um, I want to talk about Yuri Shangovich. He's been just stupid good in the KHL. I think he has 17 goals in roughly 30, 31 games, something like that. Uh, he's second in the KHL last time I checked, um, tied with another player. How is that? And then that's the, the main league. That's the KHL. That's not the MHL or the or the VHL. That's the top league in, in Russia. And he's just dominating for Dynamo Minsk. How can you see that? translate is he does that translate to the nhl where he can now be a scorer in the nhl or do you think that that's going to still take some time for him to develop that into an nhl shot so this was a question i knew was coming um so i went back and i watched all of his goals this season um and i'm a little hesitant as good as he is his so first of all his shot is incredible when he has some space in front of the net and lets it rip. He's got a great wrist shot, uh, extremely accurate, but a lot of what he does is based on speed. So if he gets on a odd man rush, he can kind of blow past guys and, mm-hmm. uh, just getting position in front of the net and tipping and adding in rebounds. And those last two aren't really going to happen in the NHL. Um, the defense is faster and they'll box you out better. Um, so I'm a little hesitant, but um, he's definitely promising. He's got the, like I said, the speed and the shot. He's very creative. So I'm cautiously optimistic about him. Um, I could see him being middle six, but probably more likely third line. Um, okay. But I could see something similar to what he's doing now uh, to a, a lower extent. Just in general, uh, he's shooting at like a ridiculous clip. He's almost shooting 20%, around 19% right now. And we've seen a lot of um, come back to earth, even in the NHL. Like when, when Jeff Skinner was crushing the league and when Patrick Liney was crushing the league, there's always a correction on their shooting percentage that brought them back to like a normal you know, number of goals throughout the season. So we're seeing that with him. Um, we're seeing that with him. In the KHL, we shoot 
do you think if like is that sustainable at all have you ever seen that being sustainable to shoot at that kind of clip or is there always going to be a correction i think there's a correction coming honestly this is almost double what his career high shooting percentage is Uh, i think it was like 11 last season or two seasons ago something like that Um, yeah yeah there's going to be a correction i think but he's he's already doing pretty well even if you were to stick with this stat line, it would be a, a good season. So uh, there's there's a lot to like in his game. So he's still a, a promising prospect, albeit a, a late bloomer. Yeah, and the I mean I think he was taken in the fifth round. So the Devils are getting all these like late round picks to add to these top picks. And I didn't say this question, but I, I just want to ask you this real quick, just because I I was curious about it, and I'm I'm just is there ever a thing as too many good prospects? The Devils have all these players and only a certain amount of future NHL roles. Is there ever such a thing as they just have too many and they're going to end up hurting these prospects by not giving them the time in the in the correct situations? I mean, the, you know, even Binghamton, the AHL team, there's only so many spots. So is there ever such a thing? Like, do they need to try to work a trade for an NHL player where they kind of move some people around? Or do you think it's, Take as many shots as you can, and if they all work out, then deal with it later. Oh, I definitely take as many shots. You want your prospect pool as stacked as possible. Um, and yeah, if you do have to move some pieces at some point, so be it. Um, but the the goal in the draft is to get the talent that you can see that will translate to the NHL and then develop it. So it's pretty obvious that they have that talent, and now it all comes down to the development piece and uh, what they can do with those prospects. But uh, we could we could see a few on the move in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I think that it, we're getting to that point. I mean, we haven't even talked about players like Nolan Foote or uh, you know, the, the, there's just a, there's a ton. There's a ton of players that. Um, and this isn't even talking about the older players that are, you know, like Riley Walsh and and Ty Smith and and McLeod and Bastion and, and all these players we had high hopes for. And who knows? You know, you talked about what Jack Hughes is doing during quarantine and, and during this pause. We don't know what Bastion and McLeod and, and Maltsev and a lot of these other players have been doing. So, you know, there's there's a lot of high hopes, and I'm very excited about the Devils prospect pool. Um, but before we let you go, Josh, tell us what you got coming up on the site on FC hockey. I've been seeing this all around. You guys have been hiring a lot of really good people. So why don't you tell me what you got coming up that you want the devil's fans to kind of go take a look at? All right. Well, uh, first up our preliminary rankings for the 2021 NHL draft should be launching tomorrow. So that's uh, a lot of work on our scout side. Um, and then after that, we're just going to, Keep plugging the uh, the content. I've got an interview with Carson Lambeau, who is a top prospect for the upcoming draft. It should be out uh, probably this weekend. So lots of great nice. content coming. Yeah, Lambeau's an interesting name. Lambeau's a guy who could be on the Devils' radar, depending on where they pick. Um, but Josh, we always love having you on. You're now a friend of the Let's Go Devils podcast. Uh, and you know maybe we'll have you on next month once Will Juniors kind of settles down and you know, hopefully we have NHL hockey, but if we don't, we're going to have to keep bringing you prospect people on to come and cradle us with devil's talk. So I appreciate you coming on and we'll have you on again soon. Sounds good. Anytime. Thanks a lot for having me. 
Thanks, Josh. Our new friend, that's Josh Bell. You can find him on Twitter, at JoshuaBell31, Director of Content of FC Hockey. Nick, I got I, I to let you know what it took to put this podcast together in a short amount of time before we went on air. Because I don't want the listeners to know, the listener viewers to know that uh, Mr. Sam Wu was procrastinating. Uh, the studio right now is under major renovations. So mm. in order for me to do a podcast, I have to move everything back into place, hook it up. And you know how complex this is. You got to hook it up, you know, Ethernet cords. And then and then I'm a little clumsy, so I'll trip on the Ethernet cord and knock something over. And then I put it all together, and we got it, what, at 8.31? But there was actually a, a, an update going on, so that was really not mm -hmm. my fault. But, but anyway, long story short, you can always find us at 8.30 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday on the State of the Fan Address. And if one of them happened to get sick or whatever, the show must go on. We'll figure it out, right? Hopefully. That's yeah. always the hope. Yeah. It's always the hope. Um, but I, I do want to talk to you, Sam. I want to talk to you about Gary Bettman. Are you ready for this? Are you ready to talk about um, Mr. Bettman? Is it, is, it, is it positive or negative? It's not good. Just let me I mean, when, was, when? How often do we have good Gary Bettman conversations? Every once in a while, like I think the last time we had it was um, the whole um, bubble hockey, bubble hockey. You know, playing in the bubble. Uh, you know, and uh, getting the Stanley Cup off. I mean, that, the logistics of that uh, was probably pretty tough. But I think that was the last time we commended Gary Bettman. So they ruined it at the draft lottery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to uncover. But before anything, we got to talk about the comments he made today. Um, man. It, so basically... He basically put it all on the players. He said things like, everything you do in this type of situation needs to be a collaboration if it's going to work. He said uh, basically that they're, um, they're trying to protect the players because with the 50-50 split, if it doesn't you know, get to a certain point, they're going to take more money from the players later. So they say that they're helping the players here. I don't think that's true. I don't think anybody's buying that. Um, they they keep he keeps saying that he doesn't want to quote renegotiate, even though they had a deal and they want to make another deal. So I don't know what you call that, Sam. What I mean, you've done a lot of deals. I in your life. I know what that's called. Do you know what it's called, people? And I'm gonna be a straight shooter here. That's all lawyer mm -hmm. talk, and this is not what yeah. hockey fans want to hear. Okay, Gary Bentman is good at what he does. He, at the end of the day, he's an attorney. And you know what attorneys do? 
boy, we're never going to get sponsored by an attorney with this podcast. Do you know what attorneys do? They spoil the party. They're the they're the party poopers, right? Yeah. You know, you, you had everything going. You know, there was a good feeling. You got the Stanley Cup champion, right? Uh, the draft. We got momentum. You, you add in the the marketing gimmicks of retro jerseys and all that kind of stuff. And I was buying in. I was buying in, right? But you had that thing looming. But you know what? Cut with the lawyer talk, Gary. I know you're a cool guy deep down inside, and you know, and all that, and you you got a job to do. But come on. And this is the first I'm hearing this, so I'm I'm just only hearing it through you because I've been busy all day. But as I'm reading it, I mean, when I see the headline on ESPN.com, Emily Kaplan's the the, the headline of her article at 3:48 p.m. at 3:48 p.m. Eastern, Gary Bettman says NHL not trying to back out of CBA. Then what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I think it's pretty clear what that is. It's pretty clear. Um, and funny, Emily Kaplan on ESPN tweeted earlier today, to get a sense of how quiet things are in the NHL, the, with the NHLPA and owners at a standstill, I've talked to a handful of sources this week, front office people, players, agents. Everyone begins the convo with the same version of, I don't know much more than you do. So not only is there a lot of non-negotiations happening, but there's not a lot of conversation between you know what you know beyond trickle down so everybody's just kind of like what's going on i i'm gonna read a quote i don't know if i should be doing this but i'm gonna read a quote that shorts guy in our let's go devils podcast um the sunday edition uh that you can find us every 9 p.m eastern um podcast he wrote this Hold on a sec here. He wrote this. Um, can't find it, but I'll get back to it. But it had something to do with um, the NHL. Hold on. Uh, let's see. There was the hoodie thing. Uh, what else? Oh, he says, and I, I'm going to have to cover up a curse word. He says, I'm starting to think the NHL can't do anything without Blah, blah, blah-ing up. Do you get that same sentiment? I get that same sentiment. They're like their yeah, own worst the- enemy. Exactly. exactly. Why would you make a deal? Like, this deal was, so, it was hey, this is all going to, this could all go wrong. Could all go wrong. Yep. But don't make the deal. You knew that. It's not like, if they made this deal last year, then we could all appreciate it and that the situation that the, the league was in. They made this in July. The pandemic yeah. was through its first wave then. Yeah. Did they do, do it just to get finish the season? And then uh, bait I and think switch? They did. I think that basically, uh, could, yeah, bait and switch is a good way to put it. Bait and switch is a perfect way to put it. It's like, hey, look, if you come back, and and put yourself at risk, and trust us on this. We'll give you four years of labor peace. It's like, oh, okay. So the the players gave their side of the bargain. Their side's done. 
they they did the hard thing. They they gave up concessions to get this um the season underway. Now that their concessions are done, the NHL are like, mm, those concessions we made, we're gonna need more of them going into next season. We didn't understand that. How did you not understand that by October this pandemic wasn't gonna be over? How did you not understand that, or whatever, by J- January this pandemic wasn't gonna be over? And that there wasn't going to be fans in the stands. How did you not understand that? And they're not coming up with creative ways to make more money. I don't care. Put put logos on jerseys or advertisements on jerseys. Put freaking I, I you know let let freaking people pay to drop the pu- first puck. Let people you know sell the sweets. I think the sweets are fine. Those are socially distanced by themselves as long as you keep it to a certain amount of people. Um, do more meet and greets where, I mean, you'd have to, that would be hard to kind of socially distance, but I mean, you got a vault of some of the craziest stuff, you know, raid the hall of fame and start selling some of the stuff in the hall of fame. I don't care. But like, if you're in, in need of money or, or, and I got to give credit where it's credit is due. Larry Brooks, of the New York post put out an idea of just getting an advance on the money from Seattle. If you're $300 million short, Seattle's about to pay you $600 million or $650 million. Take three hundred now. They have it. They have or, plenty of money. Or even better, since everybody wants a team back in uh, Quebec City, how about seven another $700 million towards that to kind of absorb this pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you want to make a – rash decision to where you're 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 changing yeah, the league. Yeah, but that's that that's yeah, but that's been going on for years. I, I Quebec City needs a team. It, it, it's a, it's How one thing you say, It doesn't matter. They're hockey rabid. Have you ever been up to Well, yeah, yeah, you you've been to Montreal. I've been in, mean, I've been to Montreal. I've never been to Quebec City. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, it doesn't sound right to have only seven teams up and count. Eight sounds great because it's an even number. Yeah, the that, that Canadian division would look real good with eight teams right now. Yeah. Put, put, I'm telling you, get set, charge them $750 million USD greenbacks, dollars, and then you split that over. You know now the now the Kraken's making money, right? And they haven't no. even started, right? With this new expansion team, right? So now everyone's happy. Come back! I got my team back. See you later, Colorado. I'm not going to follow you anymore. I don't know if they do. You know? Yeah. I, I think yeah, I, mean, I read that same article Larry Brooks wrote. I thought that was brilliant. At the same time, you know how the owners are thinking. They're thinking, no, that we're entitled to that money. Anyway, you know, <laughs> so, but, you know, everybody's hurting. If fans are going to spend $120 on a hoodie, I mean, we're going to do it just because we want to promote ourselves and, you know, have a little fun with it. I'll figure out how to get my hands on one, an XL. Do you think that's the right size if we ever bought a ho- hoodie to give away an XL? Yeah, because I feel or- like I know that people, you know, Small people can wear it big. You don't want it to be too small. You'd much rather it be too big. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, look, we understand it's not easy for the owners to keep 
some of these owners to keep the teams afloat. It's a lot of money they're losing. It, it really is. But at the same time, don't make a deal if you can't make the deal. You know, and yeah. it, 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 and and now I'm even more pissed off because I didn't know about this before the podcast. See, you learn something new on the state of the fan address. It's pissing me off because now I, you know, I quickly was reading these articles. It's all lawyer talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's all lawyer talk, and and that's the one thing that the NHL is getting wrong here. Hockey fans are authentic. Hockey fans are straight shooters. Hockey fans are passionate. They're crazy. You better you better really not play these games, especially during a pandemic. You've gotten away with it back in 2004, 2005. You got away with it in 2012 where we lost a half a season. You got away with it so many times, Gary. This time during a pandemic, all we've been through, I don't know. I really, really don't know, Nick, what to say. But the more the lawyer talk I see, the more I'm just going to, on the podcast, make fun of everybody. Because we see right through it. We're not even taking oh, yeah, sides. We're, see- we're seeing right through it. We're not even taking sides here. It's like, stop no, you're, lying. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely stop right. Stop spinning it. Stop spinning it out of control. No, I mean it's you're hitting it on the head. I don't know how else to put it because it's um, what lawyer talk? Hey, you want to have some yeah, lawyer no, talk? Just... This let's have some lawyer talk on the state of the fan address. Nick, I, see, I don't, I don't want to do lawyer talk. I, I'm going to pass in the lawyer talk. <laughs> Nick, uh, this negotiation is not something we ever wanted. We're really looking out for them because I don't think they're going to. They understand what the escrow is going to mean to their bottom line. So you, they got to give us more. Let us manage their money. BS. <laughs> I'm yeah, only kidding. No, this is, I mean, but it, how far off are you, really? Oh, well, I can tell you I just got distracted. I see Lisa Roth. It, yeah, she met my mother-in-law yesterday. See, the story is true. I don't make stuff up in the beginning of the podcast. We gave you a shout-out, Lisa. Yes, my mother-in-law. We have only one thing in the common. We both like the New York Mets. Other than that, we don't get along. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. No, she's, a, she's a lovely lady. She's a lovely lady. I'm not going to talk bad smack about my mother-in-law. Anyway. So Anyway. But, you know, uh, not to uh, – you were definitely on your soapbox uh, with that Gary Bettman thing, but I didn't know about it, to be honest. When we first started this podcast, I've been I've – been, uh, sometimes I don't get – I get to look on social media what's going on, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I hate the lawyer talk, and uh, I'm glad you called them out on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's not hard to call them out on it. And I think more people should, but I mean, we're never going to get Gary Bettman on the podcast because um, I should try. <laughs> I mean, we should ask, but he's going to, you know, whatever. No, he's so, going to be. He's going to listen to this episode. Yeah, he's going to listen. He's going to be like, he's going to consider it, and then listen to this episode and be like, mm, "Them hard questions, though." No. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's not a good Gary Bettman. That was like the opposite. He's like, 
them some hard questions. Something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, but but in all honesty, he does have the, one of the hardest jobs. I mean, you think about it. Dealing with all the owners. No, no, no sympathy for Batman. No sympathy no, 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 for no, no, Batman. No, 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 no. But he gets paid very well. What was it? Eight point five million a year. Does he have to give up twenty percent? I know Goodell. <laughs> yeah, right. I know Goodell makes like sixty million a year, which is insane. Yeah, Gary Bettman makes does very well for himself. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, how much I, of I his mean, salary is he giving back? Yeah, that's what we want to know. Yeah, is your salary Get going to that, escrow, Gary? Why don't you defer that? You defer that eight point seven million, and and we only need two hundred eighty three million dollars or <laughs> two hundred and and ninety three million dollars left. Two hundred ninety two, whatever. Two hundred ninety two, two hundred ninety one point three. There's where the three came in. I was like, where's the three coming from? Got it. Yeah, no, yeah, defer that. Why don't you defer that, Gary? Anyway, what, same what game next? time. What next? Uh, the salary cap for NHL executives is going down. So, uh, you know, Gary, <laughs> Gary's on the block. <laughs> He's going to skip that down to be an AHL commissioner or something. <laughs> we'll trade him to Major League Soccer. We'll trade him back to the NBA. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, so we're going to play the game? Let's play the game. It's going to be a fun right, game tonight. Talk to our fans. How do you feel about Batman? Are you are you are you, are you fans ready? Is there any? Let me ask you this: Is there anything that will make you not watch hockey? Would you would you come back full bore if hockey disappeared for a full year? Would you come back? I mean, I would come back. I don't know if I would be your. I told you. I told you I don't know if I'd be the editor of Pucks and Pitchforks because I I am reaching for story ideas still. And um, I, 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 doing this for another year, I mean, you guys would get sick of the draft talk. We'd be doing six articles a week about the 2021 free agents. Um, and, and just think about it. Like, the Devils would lose the. I mean, I told we we had this conversation already. We would lose the last year of Kyle Palmieri, the last year of Nikita Gusev, the last year of Travis Zajac. You'd use another year on the ELC for Jack Hughes, which you already wasted the entry level contract of Nico Heischer. So now he's a seven million dollar man, and you'd also use lose one of the young years on, on Nico, where where he's going to be worth that seven million dollar contract, and. You know, I I'm I'm curious of what's going on with the contracts because it seems like everybody's at a standstill. And if they if they make a decision tomorrow that we're gonna play January first, think about this, Devils fans. That means the Devils have two weeks to get Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper Bratt signed. That's a problem. This is all problems. This is a problematic situation that the Devils, or I'm sorry, that the NHL is putting its fans and its teams through. That's the thing. That's the short-sightedness of this, is that this is bad for the teams. The people who are negotiating in bad faith. Yeah, I'm just going to go right out and say it. This is bad faith negotiating 
you you negotiated in bad faith in the summer to get the the return to play so you can get your TV contracts satisfied and to promote it to to future TV contract providers. You did that. You got that. But when it was time to pay the piper, you acted like you didn't see this coming. When it was already here. Bad faith. You had bad faith negotiating. And you're going to lose fans. You're going to lose money in the long run. This is a bad move. Baseball figured it out. Football figured it out. Basketball figured it out. College football figured it out. College hockey figured it out. The KHL figured it out. Tennis, the Olympics, everybody's figuring it out except for you. Name me another league that's canceling its entire season, it's leaving its its athletes high and dry. Maybe there are some lesser ones that I don't know. I know the secondary soccer league canceled its championship game because of COVID cases, but I haven't heard of a league based on the financial hit saying, like, we're not going to play. This is just the NHL. So it's idiotic. I'm over it. I'll get off my soapbox. We're going to play a fun game. Sam, are you ready? I'm ready. I know Mike Lucci's ready. Mike, Mike Lucci, Lucci was actually, yeah, he's ready. But I'll tell you what, uh, last time we had Josh Bell, uh, Mike Lucci was on playing the game. Isn't that a coincidence? So guess it's what funny. happened? Funny I worked on it. Yeah. Um, I used the old uh, template and graphics from that podcast and did absolutely nothing other than change Josh's uh, title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Laz- laziness change, change pays off. Sometimes. Laziness sometimes. pays off, right? So, all right. Uh, please welcome to the game from the Putts and Pitchforks blog. He's a contributor, a good friend, Mike Lucci. Mike, you're on with some, uh, Sam and Nick, sorry, I it's been a long day. I forgot my name. That's how bad it is. I forgot my name. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I got a fun game for you guys. Um, I've taken multiple things from the prices right before, but I haven't taken the best part of the prices right. And that's the big wheel. The big wheel is the best part of the price is right. You got the drama. You got, are you going to take the second spin? You got 70 cents. Are you going to take the second spin? You got people. I saw a meme today of a guy who fell flat on his face when he was standing there with 95 cents and someone came and spun a dollar. So we're going to take the drama of the big wheel, but we're going to name this game Devil's Big Deal. So how today's game is going to work. The big wheel works by spinning it twice, getting close to a dollar. I want you to think of the New Jersey Devils contracts. You are going to pick two contracts. One, only one can be a current player. There can't be two current players. So you can pick two old players. You could pick one new player and one old player. or that Those are your two options. I'm going to take their highest average annual salary while they're with the Devils. 
and then you're going to pick you're going to pick two players of this ilk and try to get as close to ten million dollars as possible. I've got a question. What's that? Does that also include the twenty percent reduction uh, coming up uh, <laughs> this season, or no? Just this, pretending- is, this is oh, okay. This is the number the agent puts out, so he looks good. This is the okay. top price. No escrow so to, accounted for. No escrow. No uh, okay. no deferments. No okay. no New Jersey state taxes. None okay. of that is anything you have to worry about. Oh, good. All right. Thanks. So you're gonna give give me two players that you think will add up to closest to ten million dollars, but you can't go over. If you go over, you lose the round automatically. The other person doesn't even have to go. And you can't, I think this part is obvious. You can't say anybody's name twice. So how it'll work is Mike will go first. He will give me his two players. You can give me one at a time. So you can give me one, like say you say Brodor. I will give you the highest average annual salary for Brodor. And then you can kind of reevaluate and figure out who you want to pick next. And then Sam, you will try to beat his number by getting closer to 100. And then we'll flip each round. Does that make sense to everybody? Makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, Mike, who is your first player as you spin the big wheel for the big deal? Um, It's got got to be one current player and one former player, correct? Or it could be two former players. You just can't pick two current players because that would just be doing math. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Travis Zajac. Travis Zajac. I just got to get the uh, the extras. Okay, so his highest average annual salary is $5.75 million, of which he's currently on the – wait, is that the – that's the average. Yeah, this is the average annual value. $5.75 million, which actually is his base salary for this year. So $5.75 million. So, Mike, who's your second contract? Um, I'm going to go for the defenseman. Uh, Adam Larson. Adam Larson. Interesting choice. I'm assuming it's nine seven five, but let me see. Did he sign a big deal with the Devils? Oh, he did sign a big deal with the Devils. Okay, so let me do this math. Interesting. Oh, geez, Sam. So we're at $9.91 million. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the closest. This is basically like you hit 99 cents. All right. Even though well, it's not on the big uh, wheel. I'm going Marty Brodor. Okay. So Martin Brodor. I believe it was 6.7, but I'm going to double check. I thought he made Mike. eight million. Is a contract. 
But this is on average. Yeah, this is average. With no escrow, no salary reduction, prorated. I'm looking at all his salaries. It looks like it's hmm. the highest. I thought it was more than that. All right, according to Cap Friendly, his highest average annual fat, uh, um, average annual value was five point two million. Is that is that right? That seems so off, but okay. Are you so I thought sure? that wasn't it, right? That's so what Cap Friendly says. I'm looking at every season of his salary. Highest salary he had before the year 2000 was 4.47. Yep. Then he signed a um, five-year, $23.725 million deal. Then after that was over, he signed a six-year, $31.2 million deal. And he signed a two-year, $9 million deal. So we'll go with 5.2. We'll go with cap-friendly. Uh, that kind of ruins my whole math because I thought it was a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, but that's, you know, we talked about lawyers. That's captologist talk. I'm telling you. Yeah. The, the accountants, the captologists, and Lou Lamorello, they know how to fudge numbers, right? Okay. Yeah, how about, there's, there's some weirdness going on there. How about Nikita Gusev? All right. So you got 5.2, and then Nikita Gusev, I believe, is 4.5. I'm just going to double check just to make sure. Yeah, he's making 4.5 million. So you are at 9.7. So Mike is going to take round one. That sucks. <laughs> All right, Sam. <laughs> Sam, you go first this round. Who's who's your name your first player? Scott Niedermeyer. Now, I know he was offered a very large contract. I think he was offered the max right after the lockout before he went to the Ducks. But what was the highest salary he made with the Devils? Hmm. Why is this not here? Probably, I like to say it was 6.0. Hold on. Where, what's going on? What the heck? We need to to get you an intern. (laughs) No, this is annoying because. Cap Friendly doesn't list. He they only have his Ducks contracts, but they had every Brodor contract. Did did um did Lou get to them? Like Cap Friendly has his career earnings is thirty three million dollars, which is not true because he signed a twenty seven million dollar contract with Anaheim. Um, let's see if it's here. Silent the Devils was the uh, arbitration one he got awarded in two thousand four, wasn't it? That's true, and that was before. I think that was before the cap. Maybe that's why. That was before. Hey, the but cap. we had the Bordeaux contracts. Um, 
Boy, right, we'll just go with the, we'll go with the six. I, I'm on. We'll we'll stick with six. Six million. All right. Are you okay with that, Mike? Because I don't want to. You know, I don't want any kind of protests. You know, after the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I make the rules. <laughs> um, I would have to say. Claude Lemieux. But that could be another problem because that was before the cap. I'm a jerk. Yeah. I, this is so much easier when I was looking earlier. I don't know why they. All right. I let's know. just. I, I won't do Claude Lemieux. Let's do Miles Wood. Just make it easier on you. Okay. Miles Wood, I'm almost positive, makes 2.75. Yeah, he makes two point seven five. So you are sitting at eight point seven five million dollars. So Mike, can you beat eight point seven five million dollars? Uh, yes, I could. I'm looking up Scott Niedermeyer's um, contract just so we can get some accuracy on that. Okay. So, but you go ahead, Mike. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Camilleri and. Ryan Clough. Interesting. So you just wanted to make everybody sad today, huh? <laughs> okay, so Mike Camilleri's contract with the Devils came with an average of $5 million. Ryan Clough's deal with the Devils, which is still the worst deal they've ever signed, but his came with an average of 4.85 million. Wow. So you got 9.85. Sam, this, this might be right up Mike's alley. This, this, I didn't even tell him about this. He's just, but he's crushing it. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm still looking for the actual number. We're guessing six. We don't know. Yeah, I'm going to stick with six. I'm going to stick with six. So Mike, Go, go ahead. You can take it here. If you get this third round, you win it all. Actually, Scott Niedermeyer was seven million uh, seven million contract in two thousand four. All right, that still doesn't get you there. No, no, that gets you like a hundred thousand dollars short. I was a hundred thousand short with seven million. Yeah. All right. Mike, who's your first player? I found a better database as well. So I have a couple databases in here. So hopefully, because I found Claude Lemieux and you didn't want him, he would not have gotten you anywhere close. <laughs> so, Mike, who's your next player? Uh, Taylor Hall and Diamond Zubers. Okay, so Taylor Hall's contract paid him an average of six. Dinus Zubris. So his paid, is that... His paid an average of 3.4 when he signed that six-year deal 
in July of 2007. So we're looking at 9.4 here, Sam. He's giving you an opening. John Madden. Okay, John Madden. I'll take John Madden. Um, his average annual salary is two point nine three eight. Scott Stevens. I'm pretty sure he's on here. So let me let's see. Scott Stevens. What did I say for the last one? Two point nine three eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let me do math. Wow, there's some math going on here on the State of well, the Fan Address podcast. Because they didn't do average annual value, but let me see if I can. I just want to make sure. I want to see if any of these are one-year deals. Okay. I think the biggest one he signed was in uh, 2004, the five-year deal. Yeah, all these stuff are just... um... No, I found the New York Times article about when he was sent to the Devils. Uh, I'm going to have to play some background music as you're trying to figure this out. I'm just going to take the last uh, because the last year of his contract he made 6.8 and 6.9 but I don't know like I said I don't know how much how far much further that was supposed to go after his retirement alright well I'm just going to have to average these two out so 6.891 Plus six point nine one six divided by two plus two point nine three. All right, so Sam, you win that round with two point eight three million dollars. Wow. You stay alive. Stay alive for this round. I'm the comeback Um, kid. Sure. But uh, you got to do it. Got to do it two more times. So, what's your what's the salary you're going for here? Oh boy, Patrick Elias. Okay, Patrick Elias. Come on, Patrick Elias. He signed six million. This is his highest average annual value. Okay. Dan McGillis. <laughs> How do you spell that? Uh, M-C-G-I-L-L-I-S. He was one of the... He was a horrible signing. Was it 2001? Um, no, it was the 2005. Oh, right at the lockout. Yep. Okay. So you're looking at 2.2 million. 
Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh. So you're at 8.2 million. Oh. So Mike, he's giving you an opening. Right, Put the I'm fork in go. him. I, I forgot he sucked so bad he didn't make that much. I'm going to go with uh, Zach Parisi. Okay, so Zach Parisi. My only hope is Mike goes over. <laughs> I'm assuming it's his last year. Yep, $6 million. Lots of $6 million here. Common and theme with Lou Lamorello. And uh, vitamin alcohol. Oh, there's a lot of bad deals in this game. This made us sad. <laughs> Ironically, they kind of came to my rescue. All right. Well, uh, just want to make sure I'm spelling his name right, or he won't come up. Okay. Sorry, my uh, thing is moving slowly. What was that? 2001? Five? No, what year did he send it? Well, he had many years. 2000. Um, okay, so he signed with the Devils in 2005. Yeah, he was with the Rangers before that. So he signed with the Devils in 2005. Two years, $3.6 million. So, Mike, you're short. You let Sam back in the game. That seems <laughs> weird. Wow. Hey, you know what? It sounds wrong, but if but if it lets me back in the game, I think it's right. Yeah, I don't know. Why is that saying that? Yeah, no. Hold on. It's tied, Mike. It's tied. Oh, I, I thought I thought you came out at like eight something. Hold on. Well, we'll go back to the music. <laughs> Come on. I got to get this I mean, one. His his tenure was such a mess, but uh, I saw they traded him with a first round pick. This was oh hold on. Mm -hmm. Hey, I found this uh oh Dave Brown piece, the worst contract signed of all time. Okay. Uh oh. All right, so here we go. This is I see where they got they got mixed up, but it was three point six million per year. So so Mike, after a correction, thanks to the Jeopardy judges, you are the winner. Sorry, Sam. We're sorry. It always, always, always ends in controversy. This game. I feel like it's rigged. 
Uh, maybe. It's possible it's rigged. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, um, Mike. Yeah, Mike, uh, you win the game. A much more comp- I thought this was going to be the most cut and dry, search on the cap friendly, get the numbers. It never works out that way. But, Mike, you still prevailed. You came right up to the, the pin on two of them. Great job. But, Mike, I know you just wrote a piece. You always got another piece in the works. So tell me what you got going on on Pucks and Pitchforks coming up. Um, most recent, most recent thing I wrote about was a, was a historical piece, uh, it revolved around how, uh, the Jersey Devils got their name. Um, I definitely think it's a story that's kind of been lost in the team's history. Um, you know, about the, uh, name that team, name that team contest that McMullen came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was had a, as people vote for it. Um, a couple of, uh, whenever I do these historical pieces, I always found out some really interesting random fun facts people didn't know about. Um, two, uh, particularly with pointing out, apparently John McMullen, if he had his way, he would have named, uh, the Devils, the New Jersey Meadowlanders, but apparently they didn't really fly with his family. Some of the other names that, that people voted on were, and you know, you tell me where you've heard them before. Uh, you know, imagine the Devils wind up being called the Jaguars, the Patriots, or even yeah, there's some the weird ones. Inside of yeah, but um, wow, yeah. My as far as my next piece, yeah, just so you know, make you think, you know. Definitely, That's no, it was a real fun article to edit. It was really fun to kind of go back in time and, and see what was going on there. That's crazy. Meadowlanders? That's such he a terrible been, name. He would have kicked himself after you know trying to move the team to Hoboken. <laughs> you know? You move the Meadowlanders to Hoboken? And also like, to do that? the Meadowlanders are, are moving to Houston in three years after they come to Jersey, so Yeah. yeah. Wow. Tennessee, I think, in the nineties, right? There was there was talks of moving them to Nashville, and then they won the Stanley Cup, and then um, um, oh, why am I blanking? Well, there's the big the big call out of Gary Bettman right before the finals. There's oh, a Stan lot. There's Fischler? a lot going on. Yeah, Stan Fischler Stan. interview. Yeah, I mean that was really a negotiation ploy. I mean. Uh, now it's after the fact. You talk to Bruce Driver or any of the Devils on that '95 team that lived it. They they knew it wasn't going to happen. You know, they just knew. So really, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, you, you you can actually. I think it was either Ken Danico or Bruce Driver. Maybe both. They they said the same thing. Like they knew that it wasn't going to move. Well, very good. So, but Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. We're going to have you on soon for a less convoluted game or a game that I can search much quicker on a website to make more sense. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. As long as Thanks, I Mike. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. That's Mike Lucci of Pucks and Pitchforks blog. Nick, you are the slowest calculator in the history of Devil's Podcast. 
it wasn't even about that. I was trying to figure out, and I actually calculated wrong, but it is what it is. I was trying yeah. to figure out when Scott Stevens' con that last contract started. Um, and it actually started the year before. I thought it started with that first six million dollar year, but it started with the four point two million dollar year. I think, I think it was two thousand one, two thousand two, and then it was two thousand two, two thousand three, and two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand four. So we made the six point around six point nine million. But anyway, it was taking too long anyway to find it. Lula Amarillo hides his contract details. Only certain ones ever come out. It's very annoying, but it is what it is. We got through the game. We had a good podcast. We talked to Josh. We yelled at Gary Bettman. We got through our technical difficulties. I have no beard. It's a weird week, Sam. It's a weird week and a weird year, but we got one more month of 2020 left, and then we're almost we're almost done. And then the good times will start, hopefully. Let the good times so ne- roll. So next week, it's going to be a little different, isn't it? We'll have to talk off air. Yeah, next week will be different. I still have no idea what's going to happen, though, so... Okay. I'll let you know when I know. Well, I just want to leave our audience in su- suspense. I want to say hello to Jerry. Ray, thanks for chiming in. Lisa. Um, lots of Lisas today. Wow, there's Ooh, Lisa lots Roth, of Lisas. Lisa Biscar, Lisa Ardino. Well, we're here every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll figure it out. Nick, it's time to go. Any last words? Time for bed. Till next time, let's go Devils! After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.